Welcome to the Christ-Centered Body Image Podcast. I'm your host, Sharissa. I'm an online nutrition coach and the founder of Christ-Centered Body Image, an in-depth course on body image from a biblical perspective. I love learning about the Bible, doing fitness, and helping people improve their eating habits. This podcast exists to share more information to those who are interested in learning about a God, Christ, and biblical perspective of the body. My hope is that the information and experiences shared here from myself and guests help you to change the way you view and relate to your body from God's perspective. Looking forward to having you on the show. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Christ-Centered Body Image Podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about the why underlying your desires to diet, exercise, pursue fitness, or whatever the behaviors are that you are engaging in or wanting to do. So whether you call it the why or something else, we all have behaviors and choices And underlying all those choices is a motive, a desire that is driving you toward something. Sometimes we might not even realize that those are there. Oftentimes, if you've been really struggling with your relationship with food and body, all those behaviors might be guised as being for health or for the sake of being fit so that you can be healthy, but they really have to do with underlying beliefs that we don't even realize are there. I also want to point out that when I say struggle with body image, I'm talking to and about those who struggle with their body image to an extent that their thoughts about their food, their body, and their body image occupy most of their, if not all, their mental and emotional energy. I'm confident that there are a lot of people out there that have some sort of, you know, struggle with their body image. And at some point they have like thoughts of being dissatisfied with their body and possibly wanting to change their body. But it's kind of just a passing fleeting thought that doesn't take up a lot of their mental space, their life. So I'm really speaking to people that have been on like the hamster wheel of, of honestly, like agony (laughs) of being on and off again with dieting, obsessing over your body, worrying about your body to the point that it's just created this like mental and emotional like bondage and prison for you. So today I want to dig into What is underlying all of your desires to diet and work out and things with food and body and fitness? The first thing I want to talk about is diets and dieting. I am a huge fan of definitions and defining things to make clear what I'm talking about. And the word diet has a couple different meanings. One of those definitions is a special course of food to which one restricts oneself either to lose weight or for medical reasons. It can be used in the phrase of I'm going on a diet like that, or it could be for medical reasons such as somebody who is, let's say, they have a gluten allergy or they have celiacs. They restrict oneself to a special course of food or eating because of medical reasons, but there's also the use of diet or dieting in that one restricts oneself to a small amount or special kinds of food in order to lose weight. And it could also be used in the phrase of it's difficult to diet. And we've probably all experienced that when we have gone on diets, um, that it's difficult to follow that specific diet because it's so restrictive. It's so, let's say, extreme, but also a diet can be the kind of foods that a person in their community habitually eats. So when I'm referring to 
diets or dieting, I'm referring to restricting foods and calories for the purpose of losing weight and or changing your body. This term can also be used to just describe someone's way of eating, like, for example, having a balanced diet or the foods and the meals they typically habitually eat, such as, you know, I, somebody could use it as simply like, oh, I'm vegetarian. And that might not necessarily be for the purpose of losing weight or changing their body, but it can be for, let's say, spiritual reasons, or it could be for, compassion or empathy reasons um, because they don't want to eat animals. So there's certain diets people follow for different reasons. You think about the Mediterranean diet, that's a diet or that's a special combination of like foods that someone might typically eat. But also doctors will ask, what's your diet like? And they are wanting to know like what your overall heating, eating habits are like. And when I work with my nutrition clients, that's information I ask for. I want to know what their typical day-to-day of eating and food looks like day-to-day, like week-to-week, just what their overall big picture of their eating habits look like. So when it comes to going on a diet and dieting, my question for you would be why? Why do you want to go on a diet? I was just actually talking to someone yesterday and he told me that he is starting his new diet tomorrow and he's not going to eat sugar, not going to drink soda. But so my question is, why? Why do you want to go on a diet? Why do you feel like you need to diet or go on a diet? Some people would probably say because they want to lose weight. And so my next question would be, why? Why do you want to lose weight? What about losing weight is important to you? Why do you think that, let's say, losing weight is equated with health or whatever it might be? Because they might say that it's oh for health. Because health, of course, is super important. However, weight is not the best indicator of somebody's health. There are many biomarkers that are better indicators of health, as well as behaviors that are better indicators of health than someone's weight. Especially if someone was a perpetual dieter and they have been on a bunch of different diets and want to go on another diet, whether it's the same one or another one, a different one, I wonder what is the underlying motive that is driving their need to diet. Some of the questions for you to consider, because really this episode is about like, what is the why underlying all of your desires or motivations to diet? So the first question is, do you believe that going on a diet is going to solve your problem? Perhaps you are looking to a diet or dieting to solve a problem, but what problem are you really trying to solve? And is dieting and going on a diet really going to solve whatever that problem is? Do you believe losing weight and getting to a certain size and weight is going to make you happy? Do you believe that losing weight, being a specific weight, size, or looking a certain way is what's going to give you worth or value or even to be loved or lovable? Um, so honestly, just ask, your, ask these questions and really dig into what those motives might be. 
if dieting and pursuing fitness comes from trying to solve the problem of your worth, your value, your lovability, whatever it is, you will not solve that problem with dieting and exercise. And in fact, you will likely get yourself into a very unhealthy cycle of dieting and diet backlash. That's also kind of the terms for binging or the yo-yo diet cycle of on again, off again, being on a diet, losing weight, going off the diet, gaining it all back. I just see that there are a lot of people who have unhealthy behaviors, habits, and mindsets with food that are results of diet culture. And also, it's a result of these beliefs that we have that maybe they were instilled to us, instilled in us from a young age by people that were around us that made, made us believe these certain things that have resulted in us thinking we need to diet or whatever it is. But some might realize it. They might realize that they have these unhealthy behaviors, habits, and mindsets, and they're going to keep doing it anyway. And some don't even realize it. But I really do believe that it can be done in a different way, in a more sustainable and healthy way. But it does take work on truly changing how we do things, how we think about things, the mindsets we have about food and fitness. And it takes work to change our habits. And especially, as I mentioned, if you're somebody who has been on this like hamster wheel, this roller coaster ride that has just created all of this just bondage when it comes to food and your body and even fitness, I know where you're at and I know that you don't want to continue down that path and you really just do want to change. And it does take time. And if you're already on this journey and you're already working on healing your relationship with food and with your body, I'm so happy for you and keep going. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. Little by little, God will can work those things out of you. It really wasn't until after I like healed my relationship with food more. I wasn't saying it was completely healed, but that I had way more food freedom that I started to all these motivations and these whys started coming to the surface that I didn't even realize they were there. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm like asking these questions of people now on this podcast episode. But if you're just starting kind of on this journey and you're realizing that, you know, you've been focusing on weight loss and dieting, if you keep focusing on weight loss and dieting, you're going to be in the same cycle. And you really have to ask yourself if you want to continue on that same like roller coaster ride or on that same hamster wheel of weight gain and weight loss and having no control around food because part of it is realizing that those behaviors and mindsets and habits are unhealthy and unsustainable but it also comes down to like accepting that it's going to be hard and it's going to take work to really change that and it's also going to take reorganizing of let's say priorities and time but I would honestly say it is worth it, but it does take a lot of work. Something when I'm working with my clients that I tell them is it's way harder to do things the way I do things with working with people of like truly understanding like their mindsets and their behaviors and their habits towards food and really changing their habits and behaviors versus going and doing these things that are, I would say, kind of easy in that it's kind of easy to go on this really restrictive uh, thing that has all these rules and regulations. And yes, you see results quickly, but in the long run, you gain that weight back. And when you go back to eating kind of in your normal ways, this it's like easy to jump on this fad diet that has quick results. 
but it's hard to truly like change the way you think about food, the way you think about portions, the way you think about your habits with food. And it's way harder and it's a longer process, but it's way more worth it in the end because it's going to set you up for success forever. You won't have to when you do this work that might take a year, maybe even two years of really changing the way you do things. But again, in the long run, it's going to help you out so much and you won't have to rely and go back on these super restrictive things that honestly aren't very fun and just are keeping you in this cycle of weight loss, weight gain. Now, don't get me wrong. I value health. I pursue health myself. But not only do I think we really need to get down to our deeper motivations for why we want to go on a diet, pursue exercise and fitness, but we also really need to redefine what health means. I also don't want to demonize the desire to lose weight, but I do want to get to the underlying motives for wanting to lose weight. So I go back to those questions I was already asking you and asking you again, what is your why and what is your motives? I had a conversation recently with somebody in the last month or so, and we were talking about the desire to want to look good. And they brought up the point that it's normal for humans to have this desire to want to look good. And I would agree that it's a normal desire. And I would also say that there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good and there's nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight. But what I really advocate for is having a healthy relationship with food, body, and fitness. For me and my history with disordered eating and a healthy relationship with food and body and really excessive and obsessive relationship with food, body, and fitness, like I really thought about our conversation and I really came to the conclusions like I cannot even think about wanting to look good. Like that, that just can't even be a thought or a focus in my mind. That is a path I cannot and will not go down. For me, the desire is and needs to be that I don't even want to think about my body at least not how it looks, or at least not obsess or worry about it. Because I have noticed that the more I think about my body, the more I focus on my body, the worse I feel about it. But the less I focus on my body or think about my body, the better I feel in it. But of course, we do need to think about our bodies and that we need to take care of them. It's wise and beneficial for us to drink enough water, to get enough sleep, that our body needs to be fed with enough food and calories to be able to live and function optimally. And I also think it's wise to be mindful about what types of food, how much and how often I eat, because those things do influence how I feel. I use my food choices and my exercise choices based on how I feel and how I want to feel and also what my body needs and what would be most, let's say, kind and beneficial for me in that moment for what I'm trying to accomplish. I think it comes down to also like prioritizing and being mindful and intentional. Because, for example, there is a difference between not dieting and intuitive eating, for example. There, I think, can be a misconception of anti-dieting or not dieting. Simply not dieting could is rejecting anything to do with dieting, but it's also possibly not being wise because you are possibly just wanting to rebel against diet culture and just eat whatever you want to, but that's not being, let's say, intuitive or mindful about what your body actually needs and what's actually good for you. I think about the verse in 1 Corinthians 10.23, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. 
I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. And I think about, let's say, dieting and weight loss. I could pursue weight loss. Like there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not beneficial for me. It's going to help make me go down this path of unhealthy mindset and behaviors and relationship with food. Like I honestly don't even want to think about pursuing weight loss or pursuing dieting because I would ask like, why would I do that? Why would, what do I need to do that for? Who do I need to do that for? What would be the reasons for me to do that? I really have none. Because for me, what is most beneficial is having a healthy relationship with food, with body, with eating, with fitness. And for having a relationship with those things that are balanced, that's mindful and in many ways free from this bonded and obsession. And that is the foundation for me. On top of that, then I can build these regular and consistent, like repeated habits of gentle nutrition, intuitive movement that are going to help me to feel my best and function my best. Also, if you're kind of curious what intuitive movement is, it's the practice of connecting with your body and its internal cues and using those to determine what type of movement, how long, and the intensity you'd like to engage in. I no longer practice like militant movement and forcing myself to go to CrossFit every day at 6 a.m., but I am kind to my body. I engage in the regular habit of moving. I set a minimum non-negotiable of three days of movement per week, and then on those days of when I'm going to be able to move, that I get to move, I ask myself, okay, like what movement, like it kind of is my body craving right now, and it's different. Every single day, there's some days where I want to do just cardio. There's some days where I want to lift um, heavier weights and feel powerful. And there's some days where I want it to be more playful and more fun, like rollerblading and listening to good music. Something that I used to always tell people that I coach was to find movement you love. And I realized recently that for some people that it just isn't going to happen. And realizing that for some people, like you don't have to love exercise. But the goal is to find something tolerable that adds value to your life. It's kind of like doing things like brushing your teeth that we don't necessarily get excited about brushing our teeth, but we know it's important and it feels good after we do it. So for some, it might just be the contentment you feel afterwards. And so for anyone who needs to hear this, you can take the pressure off finding your thing, quote unquote. So now let's chat about health. We briefly mentioned. If your motivation, your underlying why for wanting to, let's say, pursue a diet or fitness or losing weight is uh, health, then I would ask you, what does health mean? And because we really need to redefine what health is. Health has often been equated with, with weight loss and losing weight. However, losing weight does not make you healthier. And also weight loss and health are not the same thing. We really have to divorce ourselves from this idea that weight loss and health are the same thing or that losing weight makes you healthier because that is not necessarily true. Behaviors are actually a better and really good indicator of health rather than weight loss or even weight. For example, how many times a week do you get in purposeful movement. And that means movement that is not just your daily activity movement of walking around, making food, possibly doing laundry, going and get the mail or walking around your house, but it's purposeful like exercise activity. How many days a week do you get that? How many servings of vegetable do you get a day or even a week? How many servings of lean protein do you get a day or 
I could even say a week. How often do you get outside and take walks in the fresh air and the sunlight? How often do you drink enough water? Those are behaviors that are indicators of of health. And so what I personally always advocate for is focus on the behaviors. Focus on the day-to-day behaviors that are in that you're engaging in. Don't focus on the goal or the end result because we can't always control those things. But what we can control is our day-to-day behaviors, our day-to-day habits. I most recently heard this quote, and this is a little mini tangent, but I thought it was really good. That is the most important habit is knowing what habit to work on right now. It was something along those lines. And I thought it was just like really good. Now, as I mentioned, I really do believe in health and that health is important. So we really just need to get back to a different definition of health because I really think that diet culture has co-opted or ruined the definition of health. And it's focused so much on like looks that diet culture has equated thinness with health. And that is not true. Somebody could be very healthy and not look like what diet culture says, let's say standard of health. So really focus on your behaviors and what you're doing every day and what you're doing repeatedly. There's also another quote that I love from Precision Nutrition is you are what you repeat. The most important thing is what you're doing consistently, what you are doing repeatedly. And I remember one time someone was like, Shrissa, like you love donuts. Like how can you be healthy and have donuts or something like that? And I was like, well, like a majority of the time I'm eating pretty well, like 85, 90% of the time I'm eating pretty well and I'm practicing good habits like a majority of the time. So because I repeat those habits most of the time, me having donuts or treats here and there isn't that big of a deal. And so focus on what you are repeating. Now, let's talk about fitness. When it comes to your desire to pursue fitness, what is the why as to why you want to pursue what you are wanting to pursue, whether that's get stronger or be more fit, whatever that might be mean for you, because it's going to be different for all of us. And the reason why I asked this is because I had a conversation with somebody and they were interested in bodybuilding and they were talking about how they've heard stories of what happened to people who compete stories of the dieting and the binging, which is what I experience. And I asked her, I was like, why do you want to compete? Like, why do you want to do that? What's the purpose for you competing? What does it accomplish? And her answer was actually the same that I gave when I first wanted to compete. It's like, I want to see what I'm capable of, what I could do. Um, and also being that she was a Christian, I posed another question. I was like, okay, is that really glorifying God or is that glorifying self? And I asked that because for years, my efforts and endeavors in fitness were all about self-glorification. Honoring my body was a phrase I would use, but honestly, it was all self-glorification. It was all about parading my body around like a trophy of, look what I look like. Look how lean I am. It was all about self. It was not about God whatsoever. And I really like came down to this. And I still like think about this to this day. It's like, what glory does God get out of my body being lean? What glory does God get from me having a six pack? What glory does God get from me working out every day and making sure I burned enough calories so that I don't gain weight and making sure that I didn't eat too many calories so that I don't gain weight and stay lean? Does God really get glory out of that? Does God really get glory out of us like changing our bodies or having these bodies that we think are ideal that we're trying to go after? Like really what 
glorifies him and what let's say habits with fitness and body is he actually pleased with. I do have to throw like caveats in there. Like I do value fitness. I do value health. I've already said that. And I'm not saying to not work out or not to pursue eating um, healthy, but I share this for all of us to just be honest with ourselves and examine our hearts, honestly. So again, the question is, does God get glory out of us pursuing fitness? Can God really get glory out of us pursuing fitness? And one thing I do believe about pursuing health and fitness and eating well is that it wouldn't be in the extremes that we can pursue these things. These things are not bad in and of themselves, but we do have to examine our hearts, examine our motives. And I would also say that being obsessive, being excessive, incredibly restrictive, having anxiety, this is like one end of the spectrum, is not something that God would have us do. And then also on the other end of the spectrum, completely, let's say, disregarding our health and our body altogether and not making any efforts to take care of it and steward it well, that's not something God would have us do either. I think about stories of pastors or you know, people who love God and are giving their lives to ministering to and shepherding other people, and they've completely disregarded their health. And as a result, they got sick and had a disease that they could have prevented, um, a chronic disease they could have prevented. And if they had stewarded their body better and just practice some foundational level of health, they probably probably could have lived longer. I really don't think that God would have us completely disregard our health, but it shouldn't be an obsessive thing either. There's a happy medium, a Goldilocks, if you will, and that's going to look different for all of us. And each of us will be called to have a different relationship with fitness and food as well. I know personally that God has called me to have a specific relationship with fitness and food and um. It looks completely different than it used to, but I still enjoy health and fitness. A phrase that I have that I'll share with you guys for myself is fit enough. <laughs> As I was just mentioning, like I have to be very careful in my heart and my approach towards fitness. It can easily become obsessive for me or it can easily I can easily have the wrong intentions. Uh, so I have to have this intentionality and this attitude that, hey, I'm fit enough. I don't need to go to the gym, you know five days a week and work out two hours a, a day. And if I have to, if I start to have thoughts about needing to work out more or be more fit or be more strong, whatever it is, I really have to chest, check myself and ask for what? And I choose to practice being fit enough, fit to the extent that I am healthy and able to do the things that I would like to do, like go hiking, go for a run if I feel it, go on a backpacking trip, go play volleyball or pickleball to be able to surf if I wanted to, to be able to serve or lift things or people as I'm serving like at church or at my job, whatever it might be, that I'm fit enough to use my physical body and my physical health to serve others and also to serve God and what he's called me to do. And I also believe that there are so much more important things out there than obsessing over fitness. I've been there. I've done that. I've obsessed over fitness and I've realized, yeah, that there's so much better things for me to be focusing on and giving my time to, like studying God's word, being in community with other Christ-centered believers, growing in my relationship with him and maturity. So what does this look like for you? And I guess like a practical application of everything that I've shared with talking about diets, dieting, health, and fitness. 
first thing I would say is take 30 minutes this week to sit in a quiet place and reflect and journal on your motivations for dieting, for losing weight and fitness. Reflect on your mindsets towards fitness. Try maybe identify some like unhealthy mindsets and behaviors that you have towards food, towards eating, towards your body, towards fitness, and kind of see what you come up with. And if you can identify some motives that you want to, and you know, you need to change. And you can also take 30 minutes to redefine what health and fitness mean to you, what health really looks like for you, what level of fitness is enough for you and what your priorities and responsibilities God has called you to, and then how you can kind of uh, manage your time and your life for that. And I will also say that physical training is of some value. I really believe that. And there's so much that discipline and fitness can teach us and a lot of things that can help us in our walk with God and our lives, um, like perseverance and also endurance, as well as discipline and prioritizing in our spiritual habits. However, godliness has value in all things. And I would argue that godliness is the most important thing we can pursue in our lives. As always, I hope this was insightful and helpful for you. Christ-Centered Body Image is a podcast ministry, so if you feel led to support this ministry, please visit the link in the notes to give. All donations are going right back into this to create more episodes. And thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to having you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.